a code red for humanity, curb emissions and dramatically reduce consumption or face a world that is fundamentally different. When Kermit the Frog sang, it's not easy being green. I want you to know that he was wrong. He was wrong. There is no planet B. There is no planet blah. Blah, 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 blah. It is unequivocal that human activities are responsible for climate change. If unprecedented changes are not made and made soon, there will be irreversible damage to the planet. Zero carbon. He's tall. Hello and welcome to Zero Carbon Easter, Series 3, The Sky's the Limit. I'm Ian Collins and here we are with the very last episode of the year. 12 months of campaigning, illuminating, shaming and just getting bloody angry. What's not to like? The fulcrum behind all of those adjectives is Dale Vince. Morning, Dale. That's a lovely intro. Yeah, morning, Ian. How's things? <laughs> no, very good. Yeah, that sets it all up nicely, yeah. I think. Yeah. How, was your, how was your Christmas, by the way? Because I know you, you, you know, you, you're not the biggest fan of Christmas. Was it all right? Yeah, yeah, it was fine. Yeah, I survived it. That's what I normally say about Christmas. I survived it. You know, we um, went down to Cornwall actually with uh, with like half my family, something like that, and uh, had a kind of slightly different Christmas. And I felt I should probably explain because I, you know, kind of keep saying I don't like Christmas and stuff. Yeah. And it's easy to misunderstand when people say that. I mean, not many people say it, but some do. You know, it's not a Scrooge thing. It's not a Grinch thing. You know, obviously from an environment point of view, that you've got millions of Christmas trees being cut down, which is terribly wasteful. Tons yeah. and tons of plastic and cardboard and unwanted gifts and and then from an animal rights point of view you've got millions of turkeys that you know killed just for christmas but more generally what i don't like about christmas is i find it oppressive because it's all about expectations and it's almost like a mass hysteria we all do the same things at the same time you know we get up on christmas morning and do whatever we do we have christmas lunch then we sit in front of the telly and then we have boxing day and <laughs> and there's all this pressure of expectation you know to buy presents for people so you don't leave them out and, yeah, and you yeah. don't know what to get them you get them something they don't want they get you something you don't want and, and it's like oh I, I just hate the pressure of expectation well here's the good thing we're only 51 weeks away from next christmas <laughs> I'm looking forward to that already, as you can tell. Indeed. Uh, we've picked uh, four or five subjects to, just to look at that encapsulate, really, 2021. I guess we should start, really, with COP26. Could, couldn't we? We could. It was um, it was a big event, really, because we've never hosted a COP before, and it, and it made it really kind of um, more visible to, to our people, mm. people in our country. Uh, you know, awareness of the fact that there are things called COPs increase quite dramatically and um we got a little bit of focus from the government i mean in the run-up to cop we got nothing yeah. uh, which was a bit a uh, bit of a shame and it looked like it might flop uh, then johnson famously gave a speech berating world leaders for the gulf between actions and words yep. uh, saying it wasn't good enough uh, and then flew back to london in a private jet to go to an um, men only club to have dinner with somebody not even to go to work you know but uh, but but that was that was a kind of low point for me that johnson could be such a hypocrite uh to do that but then the next week when he came back to cop he came back on a train and that was a high point i was like oh my god you know the man's listening well he heard Um, this podcast i think dale that's what happened he heard us not being particularly kind which we're not on any given day really but on that particular week we were slightly incandescent on this one yeah i think we're just honest you know i don't think it's unkind but you know i'm I'm a bit speechless when somebody that's a leader of a whole country stands up in front of the whole world and says what he says doesn't understand that what he does is just as important as what he says and you can't then go jump on a private jet for a you know i don't know one hour 
flight to London or something, you know, because it matters and you can't make exceptions for yourself. But what we see from Johnson and his government, of course, is making exceptions for themselves. You see it all around all the parties and number 10 and stuff like that, you know. So I think it's just the way they are. I don't think it's particularly about the environment or anything like that. The dominating story, of course, also of this year has been the energy crisis. Uh, has the country finally woken up to the true cost of energy? I mean, I was hearing stories that, you know, come April, then people's energy bills are going to double. I mean, literally double. Is that right? I think that's entirely possible. But if you look at the cost of wholesale gas and power, I mean, gas in particular is up like sixfold in, in this 12 months. Um, and that has to start hitting retail prices once the cap adjusts for that. And the cap at the moment adjusts every six months, so it's way behind the curve. Uh, I think the uh, the regulator will change that so that it adjusts more frequently. But there's no way to keep the real energy price from our doorsteps unless the government intervenes and says we're going to subsidize energy, like, yeah. like they do with food. For example, $2 billion a year goes to farmers to make it cheaper for them to uh, to grow things. Yeah, I mean, you've said it before, you'd like to see energy back under state control, even though that would mean that your own company would not exist under Dale Vince. Oh, yeah, that's an option, state control, absolutely. But what I was suggesting was um, subsidies. So, you know, we, we, we subsidize the food sector, the farming sector. We don't own it, but farmers do uneconomic things without a subsidy. So what I'm saying is the government could put some money into energy to keep the price artificially low, as in below the global price of energy, and not add that to energy bills. So, yeah. you know, it's not the two billion that we give to farmers doesn't get added to your supermarket checkout bill. Got it. But in energy, the government adds all kinds of social and environment programs. They're like stealth taxes, about 200 pounds a year per household. Yeah. They could take that away and actually put some real money in to suppress the cost of energy. You know, we subsidize trains, we subsidize almost everything in our country, but not energy. Let's talk about heat pumps and green gas, because this is another almighty, well, in, in your mind, it's certainly an almighty cock-up and almost misinformation from the government. Yeah, I mean, it's a massive misstep. And I think when we spoke out about it earlier in the year, uh, it caused quite a uh, controversy, actually. Yeah. You know, And uh, people like George Monbiot uh, called me crazy on social media, <laughs> which is a bit of a surprise. Um, and I just don't think he understands the numbers, actually. So what we did, we took a look at the government's plan for... In technical language, it's decarbonizing the heating of homes. But basically, it's how do you replace fossil fuel gas in the heating of our homes nationally? It's one of the biggest drivers of the climate crisis here. And and it's a really thorny problem uh, because so many of us are on the gas main using gas to heat water to heat our homes. And government's idea was to use heat pumps. Well, I don't think it was their idea. They've been successfully lobbied by the heat pump industry, I think. And these are nightmarishly expensive devices that actually increase the size of your energy bill. And when we did the analysis, we also uh, saw that we would need to generate four times as much electricity to be 100% electricity on the grid and run a national uh, program of heat pumps as well. Because these devices turn electricity into heat, but... uh, (laughs) Uh, it's a long, complicated story. Let me let me distill it down. The heat pump program will cost three hundred billion pounds nationally, wow. and it would require tens of millions of us to rip out boilers and replace them with heat pumps that only work properly if you have different radiators or preferably underfloor heating, and don't work very well in the winter at all when you need most heat. Three hundred billion pounds—a lot of hassle. The alternative to make green gas from grass and stick that into the gas grid to keep the grid we have, to keep the boilers we have. 30 billion pounds, so one-tenth of the cost, 
and quicker and less disruption and less wasteful from an environment point of view. We haven't got to throw away tens of millions of boilers. We'd create 100,000 jobs in the rural economy, convert millions of hectares of land to a different purpose. And at the same time, reduce the amount of red meat production in our country by just 10% by, sure. by the land that we took from grazing animals. And, and we know that we have to reduce consumption of red meat to fight the climate crisis anyway and to live a little bit more healthy. So it, it fits. It's kind of like perfect plan. There's enough land being grazed in our country to grow enough grass, to make enough gas, to power all of our homes. And then, of course, we'd be independent from these crazy wholesale prices in global energy markets because we'd be making our own gas here. So, George Monbiot, stick that up your trouser leg, mate. There you go. That's the full... <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the full precy of what can be done. Um, you also, 2021, you became a, a documentary producer as well, Dale. Ah, uh, yeah, Seaspiracy. Yep. Um, that, I mean, that started like, I don't know, four years before that, I think. Sure. Um, the, the team from Cowspiracy came to see me and said they want to make a, a film, you know, version of that for the sea, which, which I love the idea of. I've been a big uh, fan and supporter of Sea Shepherd for, for many years. And so we, yeah, we, we bunked some money in actually for them to do that. And they went away and we never heard from them for years until earlier this year, they came back and said, it's us, yeah. <laughs> we've finished the film. And it's done rather um, well, hasn't it? Was, it? I mean, it's, it's talked yeah. about an awful lot when we do those kind of things on the radio of, you know, give us a documentary recommendation. That one's always in there. Yeah. And you hear a lot of people saying, oh, I won't eat fish now. I won't eat fish again. I thought fish was okay. That kind of stuff, you know, but the stuff that goes on, uh, which the film uncovered, yeah. you know, was, I mean, it is awful. So, uh, you know, great piece of work there from the guys. Indeed. Uh, and we should talk, we'll, we'll come to some questions in a second for our end of the year uh, look back, but uh, the Daily Express partnership, and we, we've touched on this many, many times, the unlikely bedfellow that is Dale Vince and the Express. It's been a brilliant campaign. It started around about this time last year with, with some early conversations with the editorial team then and the editor there, Gary, just just loved the idea. And so yeah. we, we, we got cracking uh, on a Green Britain campaign. Um, I think they turned their masthead green for the for the launch edition. And, and we began basically to get the environment in front of their readers. I, I like to think of them as our readers now. Uh, we did it on a, on a weekly basis. Yeah. And, um, you know, sometime around the summer, we did a, a dip test, and the Express were running almost as many environment stories as the Guardian were, That's which I think was you know yeah. fantastic. We had great feedback from Express readers as well. I get emails from them. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of them they're they're, they're funny. You know, I don't, I don't agree with everything you say, but maybe you could help me with some some advice about how to heat my home. <laughs> <laughs> you know, should I use a heat pump or something like that? And, yeah, yeah. And and of course, our, our Save Our Boiler campaign was was kind of uh, green populism incarnate really you know because a lot of uh, express readers are angry being told they had to give up their gas boilers government of course. Ban them. and we come along and say actually you don't need to do that let's yep. save our boilers because we've got green gas as an alternative it was a brilliant campaign in that respect and resonated and we know that government pays attention to what the express say far more than what the guardian says and so you know we've kind of uh, we're in the right place actually with these messages fantastic and some questions to finish on phil on twitter what was your favorite forest green rovers moment of 2021 I think it might have been the opening game uh, of the season when we played Sutton and we scored a very late winner. It was, they were tough opponents and yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it kind of felt like it set us up for a good season to be able to do that. Generally, I'm just kind of uh, really excited by the kind of football we play, the fact that we've been top of the league for nearly the whole season now mm-hmm. and, uh, and by the real, very real prospects of being in League One next year. And Andrew on Facebook says, anything you would have done differently in 2021, Dale? You know, I don't think so. It's been a bit of a Dale year, though, hasn't it, really? I mean, I think there's a, you know, we talked about the shift with COP, um, your partnership with the Express, 
Uh, you certainly turn up on radio programs like mine on a far more regular basis. There, there's definitely been a, a shifting of thinking, and you, you, you kind of cited it there when you mentioned the amount of you know, green stories that appear in tabloids as distinct from you know, broadsheets like The Guardian. Things have moved. Yeah, I feel that they have. I feel it's a year where we've had, again, I think, increasing awareness and concern about environment issues. And, uh, you know, I feel that every year, actually, and and the promise of, uh, you know, more action. You know, we saw some good things coming out of COP. I think we'll see some more good things next year as well. You know, I feel that we're on the path. Yeah. Uh, as a country and as a world, we're just not moving fast enough, really, to uh, ideally. But I think that's always the way. Um, but our job is just to keep the pressure on, keep the stories coming, yeah. you know, get people's awareness out there. And really, we've got to make politicians aware that this is what people want to see of action course. on. This is an important issue. Absolutely. Yeah, foot on the gas all the way. It feeds into our final question from Sam, who says, what gives you hope for 2022? What gives me hope for 2022? I think I'm just full of it, um, generally. I mean, I've heard people say that before. (laughs) (laughs) That bloke's full of it. (laughs) But I'm I'm full of hope. I think it's my natural disposition. Um, I can see what needs to be done. I I can see the logic uh, and the great benefit of the changes that we're arguing for. And, um, you know, I can't help myself. Do you think this will be next year, be the year you sell your helicopter? Do you think that will finally go? My coal-powered helicopter. Your coal-powered helicopter, yeah, which, just for the record, <laughs> Dale doesn't own, but every now and again somebody sends a question in about having seen Dale in a helicopter. It's going to be, definitely, it's going to be the year of the electric hovercraft. That's yeah, funny. that's true. That's still out there, isn't it? Yeah. Well, keep us up to yeah. date on the first episode next year, then. Will do. That'll be good. Yeah. Dale, enjoy New Year, um, and we'll speak in a week or so. Yeah, thanks, Ian. Let's speak to you in the New Year, probably. Absolutely. That's it for this episode. Don't forget, of course, to follow this series uh do that and leave a review with whoever you get your podcast from and if you do so you'll get each episode automatically have a cracking new year we'll speak to you in 2022 zero carbon east off